<laughs> and you'll be hearing a lot more of that before the weekend's over. Uh, it's uh, This is the uh, Sports Car Championship Series practice number one. Uh, these are the cars I love to hear. Uh, this is such a pleasure. Uh, so welcome to... Uh, Dixon Jane's podcast number 859. I'm at Mossport, which is actually known now as Canadian Tire Motorsport Park. But uh, old-timers like myself still refer to it as Mossport. This is a place my uncle took me when I was uh, still in high school. My uncle, my father's best friend. And, uh, yeah, I'm in, um, I'm parked exactly where I planned to be, and this is why I left so early this morning. I was... I left Scarborough at 9. I was at the gate at 10, uh, which is wonderful, and now uh, I'm just fully set up. The road trek is parked on this hill um, not far from corner 2. There's a bridge. You can cross over to the other side right nearby. Uh, but it's also, on the other side, is the paddock area where all the cars are. And that's where you want to go and wander around and look at the cars and maybe talk to the drivers. Um, and this is three days of racing um, here at Mossport, celebrating 60 years. It is uh, officially known as the um, Labor Day Weekend Sprints, September 3rd to 5th. So today is the 3rd. And, uh, yeah, bought my tickets, bought my RV pass for the weekend. Cost a little more than it uh, did in years past, but uh, that's okay. I'm glad the uh, business is still up and running. And, um, yeah, going to hear that announcement in the background. And uh, I won't take this on too long. I just wanted to... uh, to greet you, and sort of it's, you know, like a dog pissing on the tree, so to say, all right, here I am, marked my spot. Um, I've got like an open, clear view of uh, a clearing in the track, so I can see the full car on this straightaway. And then they get closer as it winds up to this tunnel, and then when I go to watch the races, I'm just going to sit here for a while at my road trek, when I go to walk, I take a little hike up this hill, and uh, it's facing corner two, and that's a wonderful. They're coming down this straightaway into a very wide turn, and then another uphill straight run towards uh, what's called, I guess, Frenchman's Corner. It's a very tight corner at the top, so you get a lot of excitement at corner two. 
Uh, cars bunched up as they enter that curve. Uh, but for now, these are just the practices and trials, and I'm just, I'm just thrilled. I've been, I, I'm pictured in my mind. Okay, Ken, you got to get there early. You got to get your spot. This is a spot I found by chance the first time I can, and that's that's Keem, and that's when I met uh, Donnie, the mechanic, who's also a, a, a truck racer, uh, also was a tank mechanic in Afghanistan, and uh, an interesting guy all around. And he comes with a vintage old um, RV, like a bus size, and hangs out his flags and uh, cranks out the music. Now, I don't even know if he's coming, but this is this is the spot where he comes. I've sort of left, actually, an opening a little further up the hill where uh, I hope if he comes, that's where he will park. <coughs> Other than that, everybody you meet, you just talk with. There is a rule, face mask all the time, unless you're at your campsite or with your family. Um, but I see a lot of people wandering around without them. You know, this is the great outdoors. I, I don't, I don't think it makes a huge difference one way or the other. But if you're tight in a a group, as we as we are at corner two, I would wear my men for sure, out of a courtesy to the others. So uh, that's it. Just uh, getting started, and uh, I'll let you hear a little more. Yeah. As long as nobody parks in front of me, and I don't, I don't think it's going to be a very busy weekend. Um, we'll see how it goes. All right, Scarborough Dude signing off. Going to eat my pudding now and uh, just continue to make myself at home here at uh, Mossport. Ooh, 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 another one. Love those little backfires. Scarborough Dude. Signing off from uh, Canadian Tire a Motorsport Park. Bye for now. Chick, chick, chick. I'm going to uh, try not to speak too loudly so the uh, other people in this fenced-in area don't have to hear everything I'm saying. I'm uh, in the medium-sized dog park. This is at, uh, as you know, Thompson Park has areas I've visited many times for dogs. And they have one for large dogs, one for small dogs. And I think, I, I guess I don't know how it's labeled. I don't think it says medium size, but they are medium size. They don't want to be with the big dogs. Uh, and people have a choice, really. You know, it depends on how scared either dogs are. Oh, here comes one. Hello, hello, hello. Yeah. Um, it is a little weird. Of course, I'm the only one without a dog. But I'm sitting in a chair, which is all I wanted. Uh, it's got three legs, but it's pushed against the log. So <laughs> I tried to move it, and it didn't work. You know, this doggy keeps visiting. They're beautiful. Uh, and it's just, it's, of course, snow-covered. It is uh, February the 7th. Uh, not too cold today. The sun is shining, although the clouds have rolled in. Um... But just to see these dogs all excited and playing, chasing each other, and they do this sort of the showdown. They'll stare at each other and decide which one's going to run first. And uh, 
they're just having a grand time. And all the owners are all friendly. They're all talking. It's it's a lovely kind of positive place to be. And uh, that's why I'm here now. Uh, I needed to get out and get some fresh air. I've... Uh, yeah, I've been you know I've been spending an awful lot of time with a little bit of guilt, just lying on my bed reading. I'm I'm so deeply engrossed um, in this second book, The Glass Castle, by Jeanette Weir, I think. Uh, I've been just growing up with dysfunctional parents in the, in the life of real poverty, and boy, oh boy, it's it's just. It's had an impact on me, and it's you know you can read a book and enjoy it. Oh, that was interesting, you know. But these things have really touched me about the idea, the concept of poverty, and, and what it means for a child to grow up in poverty, you know. And, and I think about that when I think of you know Toronto, when I think of the gangs and the shootings and and the bad behavior of a lot of people, and you can be pretty sure a lot of those people are, are growing up in. Uh, not your typical comfortable suburban middle class family, and uh, when you don't have food to eat or breakfast, or your parents are drunk or angry or sleeping or sick or whatever the case, it's got to be tough, and you're going to look for for some way of easing the pain. Uh, anyway, that, that's where these books are leading me. They're, they're, it's almost like they're they're written to make you a little more understanding and compassionate about what it means to be to grow up poor i've only played at being poor um you know by choice sort of haven't been working when i lived with my girlfriend in vancouver you know i guess around 1973 74 when we didn't have money and she worked at this uh restaurant sirloin's den and she'd come home with leftovers and would eat at you know midnight whatever she got home in the doggy bags. And um, cupboards didn't have a lot, but yet we always seemed to have enough for uh, booze and a bottle of Southern Comfort and a lot of beer and wine. So, uh, like I say, I was just playing at, and anybody, you know, like me, white, middle class, university educated, you know you're going to get work somewhere. You're not going to be on the streets begging unless you've got a serious drug habit. We just smoked pot and drank too much. Or drank too often. Maybe that's it. Anyway, uh, parking that. Um, it was a, a good experience to at least taste what it was like to stay in a men's hostel and meet the other people who were kind of down and out on their luck. But uh, those are the days, uh, gosh, almost 50 years ago when uh, I needed to gather experience so that I could uh, have something to write about. Yeah, so um, the truck issue continues. Today was seemed to be a turning point. Uh, the chief of police got on TV, chief of police in Ottawa got on TV to sort of almost like defending himself. I have the feeling his, uh, his days are numbered. That Why didn't he start earlier dealing with these issues? Uh, and he's written a letter to the mayor, I guess, you know, asking for more help. And then after that, the federal government got on promising all these various departments, promising what they would do, uh, making it very clear that the government can't tell the police what to do. The police have to do these things, but they can provide funding. 
<coughs> they were able to assign another 275 RCMP officers to help out the Ottawa police. And I think they finally got to realize, hey, this isn't just a, a few Canadian truckers protesting about uh, whether or not, you know, they should have proof of vaccination. But uh, if there was outside funding. There's certainly American funding. Uh, the GoFundMe $10 million fund I mentioned was uh, it was going to be given back to the people who donated because they cannot give it to the truckers. There's too much hate involved in this fundraising activity, which is good. Uh, a lot more is coming up about... Uh, I mean, this was you know definitely Trump-style politics. And, and again, I know people will say, hey, you can't blame the Americans. But these, this style appeals to a lot of people. Uh, and the idea of, you know, I mean, if not kill Trudeau, at least get him out of power and uh, force the government to change the rules. That, that's not how a democracy works. So um, it, it's good. And, and yet maybe by the end of this podcast, at least Monday, maybe by Friday, I'll have further news. And uh, we'll just put an end to that topic because uh, aren't you tired of it? I know. I'm getting there. It's just dominated the news the way COVID did. Uh, and you wonder what else is uh, slipping under the, uh, you know, under the news screen and just not being talked about or reported on. Uh, further talks, Macron, President of France, or is it Prime Minister? I always confuse the two in France. Uh, in talks with Putin in Moscow to uh, ease tension. Uh, now that I'm finding very interesting because... I've been watching World War Two in color on uh, Netflix, an interesting series, and I've been hit very, very, again, hard. I, I think you do get a little more emotional as you get older, and you feel things a little more. Um, but the horror of any war, but the horror of World War Two in particular, because that's what we're focusing on here, and how absolutely essential it was for the, for the future of mankind to defeat the Nazis. Like, there's just no doubt. It isn't, oh, they won, so now they can play that story, and if the Germans had won, you know, it'd be a different story. Yeah, it would be a different story, and not a very nice one for a lot of people. Uh, this was brutal. They were ugly. This was nasty. The idea of, you know, okay, if we can't get information out of this uh, resistance member in France... We'll torture his family in front of him and see if that helps. Uh, stories like that, that are true, they're documented, they're real. You know, this, the horror, the horror. I don't know what's drawn me back to it, but I think it is part of my upbringing. You know, I mean, I grew up, boomers grew up in the shadow of World War Two. It was, you know... You know, at school, what did your father do in the war? You know, and and it was it was part of our background. It was in the news. It was it was just still very much, you know, part of the world at that time, part of our world. Uh, anyway, I, I don't know. I guess I'll park it there. I, I've got some notes in my uh, on my iPhone. But I think those are the things I want to talk about. Uh, I guess I just want to sit in the sunshine and uh, enjoy watching the dogs romping. We're down to three dogs now in this park. Uh, 
bunch more in the big dog park. But this is the one with a chair I could sit in. For that, I'm happy. It's wonderful to have this open space. It is It is just absolutely wonderful to live in a time of peace and well-being. I mean, this trucker thing, it's a big deal. But we people are not throwing Molotov cocktails. Uh, that could have happened uh, with all the gas and propane and uh, diesel fuel that's being hauled around to the trucks, which they're stomping on now, finally. Um, we've lived in an extended time, or people my age have, in an extended time of peace, and, and this is just wonderful. But I, I think it, it's, it is so important to remember, whoa, just before we were born, the most horrific of all battles and, and wars was going on and, and just the, the cost in lives and suffering and hunger and pain and anguish and horror horror, absolute horror in this world that we are sharing now in times of, well, let's just fly over to Russia and talk to Putin and see if we can put off a war it, it is it is important and yet I guess in our lifetime I mean Vietnam was an awful bloody thing and countless suffering and deaths uh, Pol Pot Cambodia setting the year to zero or year one and torturing and murdering people and it, it's still around it's in wars in Africa and tribal warfares and Starvation is happening in Syria. I mean, it's it's all around. We here in Canada, and in much of uh, the United States, are untouched. But it's still uh, it's it's still a part of human history. And and sometimes you get kind of scary thoughts to think, well, is this? Is it always going to be this way? Will it will it come down to one tribe winning, you know? Uh, and beating all the others. And, and what what will it take? Can, can we live in peace and harmony? It seems a real stretch. Anyway, enough of that. You're just, you know, this is beginning to be a little... Uh, I think the word is maudlin. I'm not quite sure. I'll have to look that up. Or you can look it up. Just sort of going on, kind of emotional, and, and uh, but without real substance behind it, because I'm not suffering. I'm sitting in a nice, warm winter coat in a chair, looking at the, the doggies, and uh, about to head off and get some groceries for my wife, or for my wife, <laughs> for the family. But yeah, she needs yogurt and bananas. That's her daily breakfast. Okay, Scarborough dude from Buffers. Uh, oh, by the way, by the way, if if this podcast had an unusual start. It will have an unusual ending as well. Uh, I've just gone back to uh, Dixon Jane's what was it, episode 859 that I never put out, the podcast from uh, Mossport. And out of curiosity, I played the first clip and kind of liked it. And I played the last clip and kind of liked it. And I thought, well, you know, I could bookend this podcast for this week for a change with a little bit of motor racing from last fall that you never heard. Uh, the other alternative, of course, is I could, you know, 
just dig in there and put that whole episode out as a bonus episode. I don't know what I'll do. And and that's the fun to me of, of this whole thing. I got called out yesterday for uh, being too easy on the truckers and not understanding how serious this situation was in uh, in Ottawa. And then I mentioned, asked this particular person who will remain uh, anonymous, my Ontario listener, who's uh, everybody knows, of course, uh, Ottawa from any, anyway, just, I didn't, I didn't want to point a finger at Mark, who, um, who kindly wrote to me and, and, uh, and I said, well, have you listened all the way through? And then he had the decency to write back and say, oh, okay, I hear you now. Yeah, you did correct yourself. I had said, I, I thought I gave a fairly balanced view and then realized, no, he had only heard the first part and reacted to that. Uh, and, of course, his answer was, I've never thought of you as being balanced. And I, I take that as a compliment, Mark. Thank you. Um, by the way, uh, yesterday also drove me to do something I hadn't done for quite a while, and that is put out another uh, YouTube video. There's been a few people who've discovered... I've had almost 3,000 viewers of the Hashpipe episode. Everything, Every other thing has had, like, 30 viewers. Nobody cares about uh, the things in my bar. But the Hashpipe got a lot of attention. And... Um, so a couple of people posted, you know, hey, when the, when is there going to be another one? So yesterday I did my uh, a, a, a YouTube video on my uh, Dixon Jeans or uh, Scarborough Dudes Basement Bar series on my Ludwig Speed King pedal. So uh, you can find that if you go to my YouTube channel or Google Scarborough Dude on YouTube and you'll find everything more than e- ever, more than anything you could ever want from me. There we go. No, no, no. There's more you want. You want more, don't you? Of course you do. Scarborough Dude, getting silly. Signing off from uh, the dog park in uh, Thompson Park. Bye for now.
right, we're going to uh, fade that out a little bit. That is 88.1 on your dial. And uh, Scarborough Dude, back at you so soon. I am in Thompson Park again. I mean, I was here yesterday. I recorded from the dog park. Now I'm parked in the same spot, but I'm uh, going to remain in the car. I've got a uh, coffee today. You know how I used to do the coffees all the time. In my hand, I love this can. Uh, Mr. Brown Cappuccino, Café Glacé. Uh, Prêt à boire, ready to drink. So hang on while I um, open this up. Ah, they're a little tricky, especially when you don't have fingernails. Come on. Ah. There we go. Oh, am I ever ready for that first sip. Hang on, bear with me. Now, these canned drinks of cold coffee I got hooked on in Japan. Man, I, I loved my time in Japan. What a, what a wonderful place to have spent a good chunk of my life. Um, everywhere you went. I mean, everything was clean. Everything was in order. Everything worked. Everything was new. Everybody did their job. Wow. Honestly, I, you know, when I see shows about Japan on TV, cooking shows or something, and I think, oh, yeah, there, you know, I just saw an episode about Sapporo, where I went, uh, but by God, there's so much more I'd love to see in Japan. And again, with just a little bit of sadness, if I think about it, probably will never go back. I am more concerned now than ever about my walking. Um, the knee is completely, it's just hurting and it's I, something is out of whack. It's not the time to try and see a doctor or a specialist. You know what happened, and, and you know it's a replacement knee. What can they do? You know, get a wrench and tighten up the bolts or something. No, it doesn't work quite like that. I just the thought of my God, another operation would be horrible. So no, I'm just going to have to live with the fact that it's uh, not working as well as it should. And there's a certain amount of pain, especially going downhill. But we don't want to talk about our health. We're still alive. I'm just aware of uh, some of the limitations I may just have to come to terms with. I mean, you if you watch me go upstairs to get a book out of my room, it's two hands on the railing pulling as I go, Oh, stop it! Stop it! Shut up! Nobody wants to hear that shit. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. Jesus. Back off. Where's Prick when I need him? Anyway, I think I've decided that I'm going to begin and end this podcast with the podcast I never released, clips from it, uh, from um, Mossport, because everything else I'm going to talk about is just fucking that truck convoy. I'm, I know when I first talked about it, I thought, okay, they have the right to protest and, uh, you know, all this business about Terry Fox. And I know I, I sort of, my fault was with the news coverage, but the longer this has gone on, the more serious this is, the more dangerous is, the more alarmed and concerned I am as a Canadian citizen. Um, they have, the government has not handled it well. Let's start with the mayor of Ottawa and the chief of police. 
Neither of them have done their job well, well enough. And the chief of police to come on down and say, well, we started issuing tickets now, but we need more money. We need more resources. He said that in the beginning. We can't do it. But you know the officers weren't doing anything in the beginning. And provincially, the city, the city government, municipal governments, they knew this convoy was coming. They should have done. Block the roads. You can't come into downtown Toronto or Ottawa, our nation's capital, with fucking line of semis, you know, these huge trucks. You can't do that. Sorry, wait outside in Orleans or, uh, you know, somewhere else. But you're not getting into the downtown core to set up camp. And, oh, my God, you're not setting up wooden buildings and fuel depots to keep these things going. So it is serious. Now, the serious part of it, I heard one of the sports, they just want to negotiate with the government. They want the government to come out. Well, you don't. The, the, the government's being held hostage. This is like a gun at the, at the head of the government. No, I agree with Trudeau. Don't talk to these fuckers. No, you don't just come in and say, hey, we're not leaving till you change the rules because we don't like this idea of you know having to be masked and have your COVID vaccination or you can't cross the border. No, change it or we're not leaving. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. But what's worse, and here, here's where it may sound like, oh, am I going too far with this? I feel so much of this is American politics based. This is like the assault on the Capitol, a Canadian version, a milk toast version. There are no guns yet. But here, here's a guy who was speaking, the new leader who was speaking on behalf of uh, his name is Tom Marazzo, and he is now speaking for these people and saying, we're not leaving, you know, uh, come and negotiate with us. Somebody else saying, oh, well, maybe we need a mediator to sort this out. No, you don't give in to this kind of threat. They've broken the law. They're breaking the law. They're continuing to. There's an injunction against honking your horns. They're still doing it. They're just saying, fuck you. Stop us. Well, that's what we have to be done. This guy, this Tom Mirazzo, he gets on addressing a panel, telling them what we want. We're not leaving. Uh, no way. And he says, uh, you know, I don't want to, no, no offense to you, to Trudeau, but here's his quote. He's got a twenty-two caliber mind in a three fifty-seven world. Holy fuck! If you don't think a little bit of Americanism is creeping into our politics... This a twenty-two caliber well, guns? Guns to describe Canadian politics? Whoa, 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 wait, whoa! Who is this message going out to? And where's all this extra money? Suddenly they cut off GoFundMe, and now there's another form. And wow, they got another ten million coming in. And it's just like this is like a little game of let's see how weak Canada really is. Holy fuck! It wouldn't take much. You don't need tanks to come in and take over the capital. You just need a couple of trucks and a few hefty drivers. Yeah, scare the citizens a little bit. That's all you got to do. This really is seriously fucked up. I didn't realize in the beginning, and the longer it goes on, and the more I'm starting to know, the scarier this is, the, the more this really is dangerous. This is not Canadian-style politics. This is 
This is a showdown. And there isn't an easy solution. You can't easily tow those trucks out. But you can fine every one of those drivers. You can suspend their their insurance. You can not renew their permits. And then eventually you can get in there and tow those fuckers out if it comes to that. Cut the brakes, do whatever you have to do, one by one, to pull them out. I mean, something is going to happen. Now, the Ottawa police aren't going to do that. That's going to take... And Trudeau is right to say, we don't want to bring the military in on this, but it, it, it just it is, a, it is a, a very delicate problem. I'd like to see this handled in Canadian way, but now that they've done this, they've blockaded the bridge going between Detroit and Windsor, which is essential for Canadian business. And they've just, boom, shut it down. Shut it down. And it's shut down. Because they realize, hey, there's no penalty. We can do whatever the fuck we want. The main the main route in Alberta, in the town of Coots, in the American border, block, blockaded. has been for a long time. So, I, I know, if you're not interested in this, this makes for a very boring podcast and that's why I'm giving you a little bit of car racing <laughs> but no seriously folks boys and girls this has got me riled up and it, it's tied in with reading you know and, and getting my mind back to World War II and the brown shirts and the this kind of right-wing ideology and here it is, you know, one of these things, these people are protesting and saying, we don't want no fucking communism here. Communism? Wait, where is this coming from? Where's this mindset? Where's this hatred for Trudeau, a French-Canadian guy who's kind of a, a liberal artsy guy? You know, wow. I think his life is in danger. I think somebody would absolutely love to take him out. In fact, we've already had people arrested. With weapons crashing the gate at the governor general's place, there, there, this is this is a serious time for us. It's a serious time in world politics, but right now the world is watching, and Canada has to do something to resolve this situation with a minimum of violence, but to make it look and be back in control of our city, our capital. And get these fuckers out of there. You want to talk to the, you know, get get a petition going. Talk to your local MPs. Vote in the next election. Meanwhile, you want to do business, you want to cross that border. Sorry, the rules are, until we decide it's safe to change them, you get vaccinated and you wear a mask. Okay, all right. I'm sorry. I, I for, for regular listeners who were saying, gee, I know somebody commented the other day, hey, I really like the fun can, the happy can. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, uh, this is just the can who just gets cranked up. Anyway, meanwhile, it's my wife's birthday. Um, I was going to go all out, lobster dinner, from, you know, red lobster for her and dishes for Daniel and myself. And, you know, this is going to be like $150 meal. And I thought, for takeout, by the time I get it home, by the time it's been sitting on the counter in red lobster, by the time I get it home and my wife is home and tired after work, this is not going to work. And she said, no, 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 no. I didn't tell her that. I said, I got a surprise. No, I don't want a surprise. Just get the, the lunch specials from Niji. That's enough for today. And when my son comes from Vancouver, comes for a visit, we'll go out for a really nice meal in a restaurant where you can enjoy it. 
and that is the right call. My wife is always right, <laughs> even when I think I'm right. Um, <laughs> I did get a half a cake. I went to Red House Bakery, and they had tiramisu, which used to be a big deal. I don't know if she likes it anymore. She, pre- you know, I just. I can't get it right, and 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 I know if I say things like that, people think, "Oh my God, your wife must be really difficult." Well, she can be, you know, like me. Not the she's not without her flaws. Could I say flaws? I don't know. We're all human, um, but she has her way, and she she's a strong person, and she has her way of looking at things, seeing things. Like I got scolded today because uh, the butter dish was empty and I went to the fridge and I carved out, uh, I took out of the freezer block of frozen butter and carved it up and put it back in the dish. And it was, oh my God, you didn't wash the dish out first before you put the new butter in. That was should have been thoroughly clean top to bottom. And it was, you know, a meek little dog with a newspaper wrapped over its nose for pooping on the carpet. You know, so, sorry. Mm. I don't think I did. I think I mumbled something a little. <laughs> Not quite as neutral as that. Yeah, okay. So I didn't. Yeah, no, you're right. I didn't. Maybe that was more more like it. Anyway, she's. I, I, there's not a person in the world I've said this before and, uh, you know, uh, wow, what a unique individual. And, and today, the thing is, I found out, like, it's 60, it's uh, Kenriki. It's a very, very special day in Japan, this birthday. It's not all, it didn't used to be celebrated on the birthday, it was just the year you turned 60, because it's five complete cycles of the Chinese zodiac. And you're starting all over, only it's all about being red. It's like you're being a baby and you're starting over again. So you're supposed to have a red vest and a red hat and uh, special gifts. You're supposed to have lobster. That's why I thought red lobster and, uh, you know, another fish and special things. It, I, I can't do that. We can't do that. It's hard to do that here in Canada. And, it's, you know, that would be like a big family occasion. And we really, it's just the three of us here in Scarborough. So uh, it's definitely going to be a toned down celebration. But... Uh, it's, um, you know, I wish I could somehow make it more special and maybe there's shouting in the background, you know. Well, what are you going to do? Well, we got taking care of supper, got a bottle of champagne in the fridge or bubbly Prosecco, which she might not want to drink, but I'll want to open. I got a nice half a tiramisu cake. My son is going to buy her a very a nice um, um, iPhone 11 case. And uh, gosh, I guess that's about it. <sighs> All right. Anyway, I you know, I am. I am what. I am Popeye. I am what I am, and I know what I am. I'm Popeye the Sailor Man. No. I don't know. You just you just go through life and just do what you can, do the best you can, and uh, try not to beat up on yourself all the time except when you really deserve it for fucking up. And uh, move forward with a positive attitude. Okay, bye for now. Sorry.
Uh, you may be able to hear the uh, engine running in the background. I'm in the road track in Sal. Uh, we've had a mild spell, and so a lot of the snow has melted. I can actually see through the uh, the three windows on the roof, which is nice for a change. It's too high up for me to reach and brush the snow off, but now it's melted, so we're okay. Uh, should run the generator. Yeah, well, I guess it's time. Hang on, I know it won't start first time, but let's see what we can do. You probably can't hear that. It's the engine trying to turn over, and it, it takes quite a few tries. There are tricks, there are things you can add to the fuel and so on, but uh, anyway, I got 12 minutes before uh, I take you back to Mossport, um, and I guess I, I listened back to a couple of previous clips, and by God, I'm starting to sound like a uh, a talk. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, shit, it was almost going. Talk radio reporter, you know, or a talk radio, not reporter, just host, screaming on about this and that. And I guess, like, I've really, really become consumed with this convoy that's blocking our borders. It's continuing. Um, the biggest one there, great, the, uh, the um, generator's running. <coughs> The, the border at uh, Windsor, Detroit, our, our most important lifeline for small businesses, uh, we have motor, you know, assembly plants and so on. Quite a few of them are already laying off workers uh, because, they, they, hey, this is, the parts aren't here. It's always this just-in-time delivery. And um, so people are, a lot of people, like we're talking blue-collar people here, workers, are being impacted by this thing even union leaders are being cautious but hey you know we got to protect our workers you guys and it it is it's scary in the fact that they've really they've brought almost it's not quite at this point but almost bringing the government to its knees like hey nobody seems to be doing it police aren't doing anything uh there's rumors at tow truck big tow truck operators that you'd need to pull a, a transport truck they're saying, hey, we're not going to do that. We'll be, we'll be blackballed, you know. Um, so there isn't an easy way to, to defuse this. You know, I'm picturing you just blow up the fucking trucks. You know, no, you can't really do that. Nobody wants it to get to the point of violence. That could really get ugly. And so Trudeau is in a bind, or the Liberal Party is, under his leadership. Uh, and it's just, it's just bloody awful. Um, there is a lot of attention being paid, especially in the States, where some of the money is coming from to keep this thing going. Um, I, um, through a friend I, who I, uh, I, I've kept friendship with on Facebook, so I could see what the other side is putting in. And, and uh, oh my God, there was a post, and it led, you know, if you've tracked down, well, where's this post coming from? It was the right view of the United States. And holy fuck, when you talk about white supremacists, right-wing racists, this is the home of it. The right, the right view of the United States. Uh, just, I mean, really nasty stuff. It's Black History Month. Biden's giving up free crack pipes. You know, shit like that. And this is real. This this is appealing to a lot of people. So I'm concerned. Here I am talking about the states when this is a Canadian issue right now, but it's not because 
you know, there's a lot of interest, there's a lot of support, a lot of people. Uh, Trump weighed in, of course, and here's his quote. The Freedom Convoy. Now, this Freedom Convoy, what a, what a, what a name. You know, they've really impacted a lot of people's freedom by this disruption. Anyway, the Freedom Convoy is peacefully protesting the harsh policies of far-left lunatic Justin Trudeau who has destroyed Canada with insane COVID mandates. That is the former president of the United States. Uh, Now, the stats don't lie. I mean, you can make stats lie, but in this case, we have done a very good job. The number of deaths compared to what was allowed to happen under Trump uh, from COVID is just incredible. It's, It's a fraction here we've got a handle on it. <clears throat> now, of course, all the provincial governments are, are getting a little scared. Saying, oh, we're going to have to loosen up the mandates, but we don't want to make it look like we've given in to the protesters. So it's it, it's a it's an ugly situation. I know, I know, I know. Some of you are saying, dude, 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 change the fucking topic, okay? So I'll, I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. Um where else? What, what else do you want to know? I got things going on. I'm not at liberty to talk about right now. That's one thing. I'm still being very, very cautious about meeting up with anybody. I'll, I'll be on a Skype tonight talking about the Beatles with uh, somebody. When when that is up, I'll uh, I'll post a tweet or something. Let you know. I'm still. I've got a, a an, an unbroken success record with. Uh, Wordle, 30 for 30, and delighted. Uh, I, I just, I love this opening. Like, I'm looking at six lines of five squares, all blank. So that in itself is a pleasure to look at the, the, the start of the day. Bam, all these blanks. And then I wait for five-letter words to come to me. And sometimes it's the first one. Sometimes, no, no, no. And then I just settle on one. Yeah, that's the one. It's not like people use the same one each time to eliminate the vowels or whatever. And put it in, and sometimes you get lucky. Wow, wow, three in a row, and you, you, you get it. I got one, two. Finally, I got one word in, in two tries. Second try, I got it. But anyway, enough about Wordle, if you're not interested. I did make a bit of a fuss uh, when somebody, two people, uh, from different people who suggested, oh, this is going to be tricky for some people. And right away I knew that means American spellings are different from Canadian spellings. I just knew it because it was a Canadian who posted this. And I knew right away this is going to be, this is going to, some people are going to find this really tricky. And my brain just went, yep, okay, I know what you're talking about. You mean because in America we don't, they usually don't use the U in words like color, C-O-L-O-U-R, as as it should be spelled, but they're just C-O-L-O-R. And so that narrowed down when when I was guessing things. I, bam, I came up with words where there should be a U and there wasn't, and I got it. <coughs> I call that a spoiler. A lot of people didn't agree. Um, what else is going on? Not a whole lot. Do I know any jokes to share? No. Um, I guess I'm just... uh, (coughs) 
concerned. Concerned about the state of the world. Concerned about the future my children are going to be facing. Um, but, hey, what can you do? What can you do? Well, I don't know. You vote. Take part. Keep our democracy alive. My God. Canada, I, I always hold out as a shining beacon for the rest of the world. Look, we can live. Multicultural groups can live together, you know. Side by side and get along. And uh, I, I mean that to me that, that is the hope for for planet Earth. Hey, can we can we live peacefully? Can we cooperate? Can we be tolerant, forgiving? You know, open minded. Um, I, I, <laughs> uh, I almost took you back to the trucks because I do believe it's, a lot of the people I'm seeing are just white truckers. And I know a lot of the people who are being held up at the borders just happen to be, uh, you know, maybe they're Sikhs. Maybe they're just from, you know, Indian heritage. And it just seems, I'm not seeing them protesting in this line, but I know an awful lot of truckers are, um, let's say, multiracial. But mainly, I would say a lot from India, I know. And uh, or you know could be Pakistan, could be Sri Lanka, and somewhere else. But those seem to be the ones really being impacted by these blockades at the borders, taking loads across into the states and out of the states. And I just wonder—I I haven't heard anybody else mention that, and maybe I'm just looking for racism within this group of protesters, but. Uh, yeah, I have my suspicions. Anyway, I know. I'm sorry. It just appears that I've got nothing else going, and thank God you can uh, hear some races after this. Um, I am concerned about health, and yet I still haven't reached that point where I think, okay, starting tomorrow, you're going to do exercise every every you know foot exercise, leg exercise, knee exercises, balance exercises. Uh, at some point during the day, you absolutely have to, you must. And I, I just can't get it. And yet today when my left foot that has the uh, the drop foot was a little numb, didn't seem to be turning the way it should, that was kind of a scare. And sometimes it takes a scare to uh, put you into action. <coughs> Excuse me. Well, boys and girls, by golly. Yeah, this this is prick. Shout outs to uh, anybody else still listening. Listen, I, I got to jump in here and talk over this guy because God well, damn, I, you know, maybe he I'll has got nothing left in him. There's no juice. It's like a Duracell. It's been running, running. Suddenly that bunny is just fucking, barely get its fucking hind leg up to fart. That's all it's that's left of this guy. Honestly, I'm telling you, it's an embarrassment. He should have shut this we down don't. long ago. I'm just coming in here because it's, it's. I don't know whether I feel shame or pity or just put a fucking bullet in his head and put him out of his misery. This guy has got nothing left to give. Jesus. Jesus Christ, he never had anything to give in the first place. And here he is making you listen again and again. I'm sorry for you guys. Maybe you got some kind of a problem of your own. If you're still listening to this shit, hey, there's a lot of other stuff out there you can find a lot more interesting that uh, you'd be better off spending your time with. But Jesus Christ. No, all right, I just wanted to put that out there. I've seen close up. I know what's happening with this guy. He's gone. Tune out. Forget it. Find something else. This guy's finished. That's all. That's prick. I just, I'm doing it. I'm doing this as a favor. Welcome if he finds one day there's nobody downloading the show, maybe he'll finally then put an end to it. Put him and put himself out of his fucking misery. That's it. Signing off. Bye for now. Check check. I am back at my spot. 
clear view of the uh, that opening in the track as they just come around corner number one. Um, and this is there's a few Audis racing in this. I think he said Volkswagen Golf, a, a mixture of cars. I don't know, and I just I'm not excited about. If I knew the cars better, I might be. But it's okay. I mean, the the highlight was the uh, NASCAR race, and. I was sitting there, I started to watch, watched a few laps and realized, you know, I don't have to watch the whole race. And you don't have to rush home. Why don't you just go back to your campsite, <laughs> excuse me, where I am now, and just chill for a while. And that seemed like such a wonderful idea. I don't have to get on the road. I can leave any time I want tonight. Um, just... There's an element of spontaneity in that. Like not having, okay, I've got to be home by this time. Or I have to leave at this time. Or there's a plan in place. To be at a point in your life where there's some flexibility <laughs> about times. And, and, and it can go more with feelings. Like, well, I don't feel like leaving now. But I don't feel like sitting watching another race, you know. I feel like maybe I'm just sitting by my campsite and I'm reading a little more. I'm just so enjoying it so much, the Foundation series. And I got a fridge full of snacks and drinks. I've got some Pringles and hummus. Now, Pringles don't go well with hummus, and I don't like Pringles anyway. They're just convenient and they're on sale. What I didn't bring this trip was popcorn. Like ready-made, store-bought, bagged popcorn. You can get some good ones. And some people in front of me uh, at the track side were eating it. And you, just the smell of popcorn comes in. Like, oh, yeah, that's what I want. So that's on my list. Bring popcorn next trip. Um, also, i got to get an umbrella. Some people sit in their folding chair and they just have an umbrella sort of over their head. Because there is a lot of hot sun, but it's, you know, it could be for rain, sun, for anything. But a, a good umbrella that stays with the road track, it's always here. That's on my list. And, uh, gosh, there's something else. But, anyway, again, it's part of the fun of, okay, what do I need now? What would make this trip just a little bit more convenient or a little better? Um, finding a new place to pack my uh, propane barbecue... It's essential. I think it might stay inside the cab now instead of under the bed from the back doors. Because there's a lot of stuff there already. It's really hard to get in and out. So those are things that may not be <laughs> of much interest to you. But is any of the Dixon Chains podcast of that much interest to anybody other than myself? A lot of people are heading out. I've seen other people just sitting by their car with their deck chairs, not watching the race, just chilling. And uh, I'm glad I really enjoyed that visit to the uh, paddock last night. Talking to the drivers, or a couple of drivers. All right. That's all for me. So that's that's going to wrap up uh, this wonderful three-day weekend at... Um, Mossport, Canadian Tire Motorsport Park. Um, I was sitting near a guy who I've talked to before. He keeps a notepad. He's French-Canadian. 
he travels about six hours to get here. I don't know where he's from, but it, and he had his favorite drivers, and he's got a stopwatch and a pad, and he times them. An old, quiet gentleman who uh, just, you know, has his thing. And it made me think more about the French, that, that it's a good feeling that they're racing together, French and English. You, you know, the news media and everything else will talk about um, politics and, you know, pol- separation and all the things. And people in Alberta don't have a clue what Quebec is all about. And they go ahead, leave, we will too. Um, but having grown up in Montreal and having French as part of my environment, even though my time we were very separated I wasn't immersed, I didn't have any French friends but uh, my father his working language was French, I've said that before and I was I was just thinking of Emile Bergouin, Bourgois I guess um, who lived across the street and there was, ours was mainly an Anglo wasp street and gradually, you know I, I've talked about that before, how Quebec changed with the politics, with the uh, the um, you know, sort of overthrowing the church and, and developing an identity and saying, hey, and very essential changes that came about in the uh, 60s and 70s. The book by Pierre Vallier I've mentioned before, White Niggers of America, talking about, hey, we've been downtrodden for long enough. So the changes came. So I remember, you know, my father really liked him and knew he was a good man and I guess they could converse in French and he had lived in India, uh, you know, and refusing to use air conditioning. And, and so my father was glad when I came back to connect with him, uh, having lived in Nigeria for two years. Uh, I don't know. There's just, I mean, it's meaningless to even share this story, but it's just, it's important. <laughs> you know, French Canadians are such an important part of Canadian history. And, and, uh, I don't know, with all these ideas, all the focus on this group and that group, it seems almost as if uh, the French are being forgotten, too. So, anyway, gosh, sorry I went down that road. But, uh, and I am embarrassed to say that I just, I don't, I don't speak French, and I, you know, um, I haven't made enough of an effort to speak it. And this podcasting world I live in is pretty well unilingual. All right, enough. My God, no more apologies. I'm going to get back to my book. So uh, take care, and um, somehow I will put something together in the form of a podcast, and uh, you'll be hearing it. Scarborough Dude signing off from Mossport on this wonderful Sunday afternoon. Bye for now.